Dan Phillips is back to review the Mid-South television show from January the 10th, 1986. How are you doing today, Dan? Very, very good, everyone. Good to be back. I'll never leave now. No, he's never leaving. We might, we might give you a couple, of, maybe a week or so off in the, in the uh, next couple of weeks, but you need to work hard for your lack of money that you're not being paid by this podcast. Um, yeah, at exactly. the start of the show, as we, we're recording this, just the day afterwards, I'd like to salute Queen Elizabeth II for 70 years on the throne. I'm sure you're very happy about that, Danny. If you feel the same way as I do about her, she's my all-time favourite woman. So, um, yeah, wow. thank you, Your Majesty, for 70 years of great service. Um I can hear a lot of background. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I actually thought he was going to mention that one year after this date, I was born. Um, oh, yes. And I yes. Thought, and I thought, that, I thought that's, getting, that's, I can already hear people getting more excited about that. Yeah, so, yeah, so we'll, when we get to uh, the, where will it be, the January 9th episode of Mid-South Wrestling from 987 or UWF, we'll have to have a special celebration for that. So we look forward to celebrating Dan's uh, first, not first birth, that would be your zero birthday, wouldn't it? Your actual zero. birth, zero, next uh, next year. The birth of the legend. So it actually might become around sooner than that, because I've got, I've got an idea for a show with you, with you actually, that I'm going to talk to you about tomorrow that we're going to do at some point this year, hopefully, um, that will get us through a number of episodes in one sitting. But that is not for you listeners, that's for us in our secrets. Um, so, uh, right, let's do this. So January the 10th, 986, we're back, we've, we've chucked our WWE boots off and we're putting our Mid-South jackets and boxer shorts back on. Uh, and this week, uh, this show featured Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Ted DiBiase in tag action, uh, the Mars superstar Dick Slater challenged Butch Reef for the North American title and much, much more. So, um, the video started with a match in progress between Jim Duggan and Dick Slater before cutting to Joel Watts and Bill Watts. Bill was sporting some shades that were quite big and uh, I think they were reasonably cool. I think. What did you think of these shades? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got the fashion, but um, I would say that, so it goes, so say it goes well, did you say because it goes straight into the action? Right. Yeah, it was like a bit of Jim Duggan and Dick Slater and it cut straight back yeah. to, to Joel and Jim, um, Joel yeah. and Bill. I thought Joel was just, I don't, I was more looking at Joel, he's sitting bolt upright. Yeah, in his tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, but I was wondering, he had no script. No. He was he, doing that. Do you think how far he's come? Yeah, he has come a long way. So he, he had a tuxedo. Because Daddy was there, he sort of might have rehearsed. I, th I think he was on tenterhooks here the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Bill said that 86 would be an exciting year for the company. They'd have a lot of expansion plans. Um, he threw back to Joel, and as we said, he was wearing a tuxedo with a red bow tie. And they went back to the Myriad Arena for the conclusion of the semi-final TV title tournament match between Jim Duggan and Dick Slay. So this was a bit of an interesting and different opening here. Um, we then got a couple of minutes of this until I realised we'd actually reviewed this match on Power Pro Wrestling in your kitchen a few weeks ago. Uh, and it ended with Duggan nice. pinning Slater, yeah, after use of a foreign object, but then the ref reversed it. Slater would be up against Roberts the following week in the final of the TV tournament. Um, we then cut to the ring for an interview between Jim Ross and the new tag team champions, Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams, and they got a great reaction, and Ross said it was fantastic to see DiBiase back. He said his injury was like someone opening, opening his eyes to the world all the money he made didn't mean anything if he didn't have his health. 
he added that in spite of what he'd done in the past, a lot of people in Mid-South wanted to see him come back. He said Williams was a great friend and there was no better way to come back with him. And they planned on being champions for the people. Um, I think that's got a little bit robotic there. So I don't know if Dan's still with me, but hopefully he is. Uh, can, you hear, can you hear robot sounds? You did go a bit robotic. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but hopefully I don't have to edit that out. They're still happening, which is uh, which is good fun. Um, Ross went on to talk about a tragic car accident where Williams had rescued someone from the back seat of a car, and that was a legit situation that made the news. A big cheers for Williams, who gave a road safety message of please buckle up. I thought Debiossi was tremendous here. Uh, what did you make of this opening segment? Yeah, so after after doing the same as you and starting to make notes for the match that I'd seen, with you, mm. uh, I um, I'll tell you what, I actually was quite a bit. <laughs> um, so after watching that, um, yeah, what a tag team these two are. Right? Yeah, like when they line up, like, these are this, these are big these are big stars. Um, we said before, I thought I, I made a little note that you, you touched on that. Dibiase said, um, "Could have all the money in the world, but I've got my health, or whatever it may be." And I just thought, oh, I don't know, there was something about him using, talking about having loads of money. And I was like, oh, what yeah. are the things to come? Foreshadowing, yes. Is that, the first mention? Is that the first mention of him mentioning that he's got a load of money? Um, and yeah, I saw this at the same lives from the car crash and the, the buckle up message. I, I went, and, went and looked up about this, mm. um, which sounds pretty horrific. He was with Rick Steiner in the car mm. Rick Steiner says that Dr. Death was asleep in a passenger seat when he saw a look like a bonfire up ahead of him pulled up one of the cars was beyond saving they say pulled three people out of the wreckage wow one ended up one ended up surviving one was dead one died at a later date one ended up surviving um, but originally from what I read Rick, Watts was angry that um, the local newspaper printed about the incident. Yeah. Because they were heels. Well, so I think Steiner was a heel and, and uh, I think he had maybe maybe turned. Or were you saying that they, he was annoyed because they were heels and they did a heroic thing? Yes. Right, okay, interesting. Yeah. So apparently he was he was angry that they... that, that I don't think it was... It, obviously, he was I think when you read it, he was more angry that it was printed. Right, so okay. He's not saying, oh, he's in the left and to die. Yeah. He was angry <laughs> at the I think he was more angry at the newspaper to sort of say, you know, come on, you're, you're meant to play along with us here. Don't, yeah. Can you, can you not print it? Um, so, yeah. So, Bill's obviously maybe feeling a bit bad because he was obviously very proud by this one. By this yes. Time, that, was not the, that was not the initial feeling for Bill. Wow. It's what, I'm reading, it's what I've read from numerous sources. Well, that's quite incredible, isn't it? Um, not, not. It's only quite incredible, but in, extremely incredible is the name of the wrestler coming up next. So we had the tag team Sean O'Reilly and Jr. Hogg versus Debiossi and Williams. Jr. Hogg, I mean, what a name! Uh, what some commentary talks about what a hero Williams was uh, with a fire and the hunting weapons going off, and he and Roderick Steiner saved the day. And he said that others on the scene were rather reluctant and didn't have the power to do what Williams had done. DBOC won this in 2.53 by the figure four to the rapturous applause of this crowd. What did you think of this opening match? Um, to be honest, I, from what I noticed, 
was that J.R. Hogg, and we have to say you look like Santa Claus, don't we? Yes. <laughs> we have to. Um, so I just put, you know, Steve Yassi on the naughty list. But um, Dr. Death will not be on the naughty list because, I don't know if you noticed, but most of this two minutes was, was Bill telling us more about the incident. Yeah. And I do think Bill might exaggerate things sometimes. Um, I don't know much about... Uh, I'm not a mechanic. But apparently gas was shooting out of this vehicle 50 feet in the air. <laughs> um, guns were going off because these blokes had been out hunting. They do f- does fire set off guns? I don't know, but I don't think gas is shooting out 50 feet in the air. No. I can imagine it... it, it um, the gun's going off, maybe, but he literally, given given what I've read since, where he obviously wasn't overly pleased with the newspaper print, he'd obviously decided to change his angle or his view on the event to be a bit mm. more of a, a um, you know, pro. I mean, you, actually, you could see here, in fact, that by this day, I don't know when this incident occurred, but, I mean, Dr. Death is a, is a face here. Yes, yeah. So it probably didn't matter. So actually going on about it and making it sound better and better. But at this stage, it was obviously brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a match itself. I also, the only other thing I did search for Jack Hawk and Sean O'Reilly. And the only thing I found was that apparently the only thing I could find was someone recalling that Sean O'Reilly, Bill Watts used to call him Sean Michaels. Oh, really? Confused between the two. That's <laughs> it. And that is literally that bloke's only sort of, other than probably on cage match, his only blip on, in the, on the internet is that he isn't, he isn't, he isn't who people, his own boss thought he was. Um, so, yeah, I don't expect we'll be seeing him. No. Uh, we had the localised promos again for the New Orleans show, but we're going to skip over those as we've covered them previously. Next up, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer against Perry Jackson. And Paul Jackson had his face rubbed in the mat early on as Bill Watts talks about Sawyer having previously beaten the Junkyard Dog, which is another not-so-subtle dig at him and the World Wrestling Federation. Sawyer had boots on like the Berserker did many, late, many years later, furry and pretty ridiculous. Uh, but however, he hit a superb power slam in these boots for the win in one minute and eight seconds and then beat down Jackson further after the bell. He and his boots then went to the top rope and hit a big splash, a move that in normal circumstances during a match would lead to a DQ. Uh, Jackson looked like he was coughing up blood as the useless referee tried to persuade Sawyer to leave. I actually quite enjoyed this. What did you think of this kind of brutal squash with Sawyer and the beat down afterwards? Yeah, it's weird you say that because my notes are actually... The match itself, I haven't really got any notes, but the post-match, I've I quite like the top rope smash. Yeah. Martin, like living up to his mad dog name. Yep. Um, I assume that's why he's got the furry boots, because he's a mad dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it was all right. It yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I wouldn't want to be fired anytime soon. So. Yeah, I thought this was good, good use of it. I'm much more... more um, uh, fond of Sawyer's work in this in this mid south run than I am Slater. Um, I think he, he's, he's a lot better. Um, Dick Murdoch was up next with the debuting Mars Superstar, the future Demolition Axe. Uh, they were in the ring with Jim Ross. Uh, Superstar said he travelled all over the world and every place he goes, it's amazing as people say the best competition is there. He said he didn't realise it until he got there the previous evening. Um, but there are great people like Murdoch, but there are a few bad apples who make excuses. And 1986 is a new year and people make resolutions. Mes- oh, crikey. And people make 
resolutions and he's made one he's going to be a janitor and he's going to clear up all the trash from the area and no one is going to stand in murdoch's way because he's going to take care of everything murdoch added that you could tell it was a typical oklahoma crowd as they wouldn't shut up which got big booze the masked superstar said they had a no class and said he'd do his talking in the ring after having done a lot of talking i don't think this is a classic promo what did you think of this um I quite like the sort of anti-Oklahoma jibes. As in, like, you don't mm. really get that. Uh, that's that's now commonplace, right? People walk out, and it's if they're a heel, they say, you know, yeah, cheap, sort of cheap heat. Yeah, it's always the same. Yeah, no one's got any money. Everyone's a trap, whatever it may be. So I thought <laughs> it was quite interesting. You don't normally see that. See that. Um, you'd have thought that you know, Mars Superstar been over to Japan. He come back. He was the janitor. Yeah. Uh, well, see, uh, what is this? Yeah, but hang on a minute. Four years later, you're not saying that Omega comes back as a cleaner. That is true. Yeah, that is true. You know, it's all well and good. I thought, I mean, obviously, maybe coming back um, and calling yourself the janitor is slightly different to calling yourself the cleaner. I mean, it's neither a great, it's it's not either as a desired occupation for people, but janitor can only really, really does leak into like toilets, don't it? Yeah. Cleaners more of a clip the business, but see, who'd have thought it? Eh? Who'd have thought it? Who would have thought it? Uh, also, you said um, you said Kenny Omega's name on this podcast, and he's currently banned after his comments about Will Ospreay and Michael Oki. So I might have to edit that edit that bit out. Um, yeah, not a fan of that. No, I think it. Might, I think it's probably a work, but then I don't really. Who really knows? Who really knows? Um, it's a work. So then we might get one of the best matches we could possibly ever see again. Yeah, it would be phenomenal. I think it really would be really good. But I, I don't know. It's just weird. There's something... I joke, we're getting off topic. We'll talk about that. We're going to do an AEW pay-per-view review in a few weeks' time. Uh, we talked about. We have talked about that. I'm not. I'm not promising yeah. something we haven't talked about yet. Because I think these days now, if we're if we're watching something, we're probably going to cover it. Because then you know, because that's what we want to do. Basically, that's what we want to do. Uh, <laughs> after the, I don't have to explain it to anyone. It's what we want to do. Um, after the break, we had uh, no. Yeah, sorry. After the break, no, that's wrong. These two were up against Tommy Wright and Steve Dole, and Murdoch won a total squash in one twenty nine with a very dodgy looking brain buster. Have you got anything to add on this uh, this short match? Oh, the brain buster, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I it had to be. It had to like he lands the brain buster, and it's like right, that's that's the win, that's done. Yeah, but like now, if someone lands the brain buster, you're like. All right, what's the next move? Well, yeah, it's when not. When did that change? It's a bit like the DDT thing, isn't it? Like, wonder when it went. Because a brain buster now is just a standard move that. I mean, it's a little bit better than standard, I'd say. But like, it's just a move that everyone's got in their locker. Um, that, I was like, that is definitely game over later. Yeah, yeah. From that. I think. Do you think it sort of changed? Well, I think the brainbuster, and I don't know, again, my frame of reference is only really WWF. I know Coco B where you see it, but I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon banned it for ages. Like you can't do a pile driver in uh, in WWE or WWF. You couldn't you couldn't do for quite some time. I I think it just kind of faded away, and it was it's kind of an indie move which they used to do. Like you can't do. Can you do? I suppose Bad Bunny did a Canadian Destroyer in WWE, but they probably. I think you have to get special dispensation to do that, uh, or any, any sort of so power driver move. So yeah. So I guess if he's not really, not really allowed it, I guess it's sort of someone who's using it somewhere else. It's like what were they? Yeah, exactly, and um, it just becomes a kind of transitional move. Yeah, a couple of other points I just saw was um, 
Bill, Bill, I don't know if he knows, but Bill extended the cleaner analogy. No, I, I, I didn't pick up on this. He said, he said um, if the Masked Superstar um, wants to clean up DiBiase and Dev, he better get an all-day lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But it didn't quite work. No. Um, uh, yeah, and then the other thing I noticed was I wouldn't want... Uh, who got pinned? Which which one of these two dynamic duo got pinned? I uh, couldn't tell you. Right, well, whoever the other one is, I wouldn't want him saving me. Cartman got pinned, and literally, you get a chance to watch him back. He just casually just drops his head under the ring, walks in. Like, <laughs> he's barely like loafing, and then he gets closed up. I actually looked at him like, I'm rewound. Go, well, I missed something there. Nope, he looks like he can't be bothered. I was glad he got clobbered. Another, another loss in the books. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I don't, um, yeah, not much else to say. Do no. You? On, it, on it as well, I didn't even get it all. I just put Tommy and Steve. No, yeah. Well, this wasn't wasn't the best. Uh, back from break, we had Terry Taylor versus the Nightmare, along with Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Taylor got a great pop here in the battle of two former North American champions with the Nightmare, having beaten Taylor for the title after Ric Flair's interference many moons ago. Watts talked about all the new areas that Mid South Television was being seen in, with Jim Ross, the legitimate driving force on that, working behind the scenes. Uh, Watts defended wrestling fans during this match. He said, "Just get to know them. There are a lot of wonderful people out there." And um, I thought this was a really, really great fun three minutes and twenty six of, of match with Taylor winning with the flying forearm, crowd heart, and good action. What did you think about this one? As the robots back? Uh, no, he's all right. He's, he's good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um... I was I actually done a bit of learned a bit of geography. Okay. All of the new area all the new areas that broadcasted to. So oh, yep. I paused it rewound and put it all into my Google. Um, I didn't find them all because I think I, I, I'm even up for sort of saying what I what I heard and not doubt. Mm. So, so so the American listeners did hear how ridiculous my attempts were. But they like said Amarilla, I'm pretty sure that's Amarillo. Yeah. Amarillo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Atlanta, fine. Dallas, fine. Merido, I think he said. Uh, is that Texas as well? I don't know. Like, then he said Norton, Mobile, Memphis, Kansas, and then he said something like Tyro something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I put it. Anyway, what, from the ones I did find, I can see now, in essence, they part of the whole summons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nice little bit of fun for my afternoon. Um, uh, I'll tell you one thing, what I don't even know it's halfway through. The Nightmare definitely had Taylor pinned, but the ref halfway through the count stopped and then moved position and counted again. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't notice that. So I thought it was going to be the end, so I'd start to like box. So it's when he come off of the... Taylor went to... Like, I think he'd like, done like a roll-up type thing. And he definitely he went one, two, and then he moved position. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. I'm really here. It was, they had a, um, you know, like a, a headlock. Taylor had him in a headlock and he reversed the headlock. Okay, yeah. Shoulders on the mat, which which I think he wasn't meant to do. Well, certainly he was meant to do the move, but probably didn't realise the shoulders were up. So the ref's done the right thing. He counted. But I think the bloke hasn't realised, like, probably didn't know what the two count was. <laughs> Yeah, I do see what you mean, yeah. Because the ref was, the ref was following the rules, but I don't think that 
the nightmare realised he had him in that position because then the ref moved after two and I think he was trying to do it like he was getting a better view and they, they, that was it. Was like, yeah they couldn't have beaten Terry Taylor in this circumstance with like a, a mess up could they no um, anything else on this one I thought it was a good match of brawl the ladies loved it um, I also just made a little note that um, there was a lot of uh, heavy nightmares and big slaps which as we discussed the other week, uh, having seen live wrestling, I now appreciate them slaps in the corner. Yes. Cringing at the run. And also, I don't know if Congressman Jim Jones was there. Was he? And, <laughs> and uh, he was the appointment secretary. Doesn't exist anymore. But there used to be a job that, in essence, it is the, the president's PA. Okay. Called it appointment secretary. So he was Lyndon Johnson's appointment secretary, 68, 69. And then he was the congressman for Oklahoma from 1973 to 1987. And he's wow. still alive. A long time. You, years old. you don't get facts like that on any other Mid-South podcast. That's the sort of stuff that we're, we're bringing. If you want to hear more, um, there's a five-hour American politics uh, podcast that Dan and I record over the weekend. Patreon.com forward slash Mid-South moments, you want to hear that. We have a lot of controversial stuff in that. <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you what I bet those in Oklahoma I bet, I bet Jim Jones is, is bitter, very famous I'm sure he probably is yeah I'm sure he is so I just wanted to do him justice yeah absolutely good stuff after the break we had uh, Butch Reed versus Dick Slater and Slater was shouting about putting Dark Journey services for 30 days and Reed said okay, I've, I've messed that up completely after the break we had Butch Reed versus Dick Slater Slater was shouting about putting Dark's journey services up for 30 days and said Reed should put up his North American title. I still didn't do a great job there, to be honest. Ross said the championship committee sanctions all matches. However, Reed agreed to the stipulation and got the okay from the matchmaker at ringside and it was on. Um, the crowd was pretty electric before the bell rang here and they were certainly into this match. Um, Watts talked about Flair being beaten out of the territory by Reed and then he, and then he started talking about Journey's X-rated outfit. Um, Watts was talking about next week's television show, but alas, next week's television show is lost forever for the Annals of Time. So we'll be looking at a few matches from YouTube uh, next week to tune in for that one. Um, it looked like Slater had won holding onto the tights in 6.52, but thankfully the ref waved it away as that would have been a truly wretched ending. The ref was then bumped in a kick out by Slater at 7 minutes and 30 seconds. He blasted Reed with Journey's boot for the win in 8 minutes and 3 seconds. We have a new North American champion and the booker of the promotion has convinced the owner to be the champion. And that always works. History has proven it to be so. Uh, the crowd took this up several notches as they were superb throughout. I thought this was good, but I didn't like Slater winning the title. What do you think of this one overall? Um, got uh, Valentine's Day next week. Mm. And, um, and how romantic that Dark Journey, that, that she was sort of put North American title is the equivalent to to her and her services. Yeah. That is romance. That is romance, yeah. <laughs> like, Dick Slater is comparing her to that. So yeah. She is one, one lucky lady. <laughs> um, there, was, there was some signs in the past in this match, but unfortunately, I think we needed to learn that the signs had, like, half an essay. So oh, really? They were. They, were, they weren't very direct. Um, I know in the past we've, we've criticised I am here or whatever, but... Right, a whole story for some, not going to work. <laughs> um, you mentioned about the booker at ringside. I was just going to mention that every time that that, that booker comes on, on screen, I find it very 
difficult like you do with a certain mistake. I don't say his name, yeah. I'm sorry and all that, but, yeah. And speaking of finding things difficult, I've had to reread my book about uh, what can and can't be said. Okay. Because my mind was going all over the shop when uh, they were explaining that Dark Journey um, is going to, uh, if Butch Reed wins, he gets Dark Journey for 30 days. And what what do you do with Dark Journey for 30 days? I don't know what he's going to do. Well, what? Stage, he was sort of insinuate. At one stage, he was insinuating that she was going to clean his knee pads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, assume, I assume he means his knee pads. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm really struggling to, uh, you know, I've got to start to reread my... Re-read my well, what's actually, I think, was trying to make it PG, wasn't it, by saying that she'd do some, like, cleaning and stuff, and he was yeah. going to put her to work? Yeah, clean his car. It's like, well, don't, don't, yeah, we don't, we should probably, let's, let's, let's rapidly, rapidly move on. What did you think of Slater winning the title here, though? Well, well, okay, so I've got a couple of things about that. I, I thought Butch Reed was absolutely buzzing, flying through this. Like, yeah. It was a bit where he come off, he come off like the, like the top, like not the top rope, but you know, where they come off the middle rope. He's hit a pile driver. He's getting the crowd pumping, sort of, you know, really like getting jigged up. He's hitting them with some solid right suit bowls, which is a right-handed punch, as we covered in previous ones. But mm. I'm getting to learn the 80s lingo as it's gone out of fashion. I might as well go back and learn it. Um, then Slater hits the figure four, which obviously in the 80s was just like that was the go-to submission. I think they made the figure four. I must admit, in like these, these episodes... The figure four, because I guess because they use less submissions when they hit the figure four, it's, I don't know, it actually looks really effective. Yeah, yeah. I think they do a good job of that, don't they? Yeah, whereas now it's like, well, it's Ricky Blair's hold. So anyone that uses it, it's always like, you just hear woo from the crowd and, it, and you know no one's going to tap out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot more effective. Um, the bit where you mentioned about Slater, and this is why I thought he wasn't going to win, mm. you mentioned about. Um, there when he when he held his trunks, uh, Butch Reed was under the rope. Yeah, yeah. He could have just grabbed it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was a bit like, oh, he's obviously trying to play here for a big push out, but actually, like, like the big events that like, they want a big, they want a better finish than it. But I, I don't know. I wasn't sure whether I thought Slater was gonna win, and that that's why he wasn't holding on, or like it just didn't fit in with the storytelling. Yeah. Um, but it was very frustrating. Um, however. I did like that Slater deliberately uh, landed on the ref. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, normally it's always an inadvertent. It's an inadvertent. Like, they try and make it like they didn't mean to. Yes. And then they capitalise. I liked about this one is that he looked and it made, and even the commentator said he'd done it deliberately. I quite like that. Yeah. Like, like, so, like, because normally they they'll try and pretend that they, oh, he didn't mean to hit him, and he's he's, he's taken advantage. Like plausible deniability, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually liked that, um, and yeah, so I so I quite, so therefore I like the intervention after it, and like the intention and the and then not the, the deliberate intervention as opposed to the sort of opportunistic thing. Um, the issue I had a few issues. Number one, I don't really want to win it, but number two. Been watching the local promos for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, first of 
for those of you that have watched any of the local promos, you knew he was going to win because he's been parading the belts on the local promos. It's so frustrating. Ah, of course he did. In the early promo, he's got the belt. They said they said like they said in the last episode that we Dick Slater was the champion, didn't, didn't they? Yeah, and they done it on the promos of this show. I hadn't realised. Yeah, you know, I'm not connected to the dots there because we had a bit of a gap, didn't we? So I hadn't connected yeah. the dots on that at all. Oh, so luck, well, lucky you, because I was straight away. Was like, oh, that's why I'm sort of like, is, is, is he under the rope here? Because is he not grabbing that rope? You know, like earlier on, I was mentioning because he wants a better finish, or is he not grabbing that because he knows he's going to lose? Yeah, so it put me in a bit of confusion. And then well, I was just like, no. So it was probably that. And then the other thing that uh, she's just gone for that, and that massive bugbear of mine for the rest of the show, and I will cut, finish it off at the end, is Bill spent 90% of this match commentating on selling tickets or yeah. talking about future shows. It is painful. I'm trying to enjoy the products I'm watching now. It's basically your world, it's pretty much your world title match, though it's not a world title at this point, but yeah, 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 yeah. Top title. It was relentless. Mm. Stop talking about what was coming up. Yeah. So, and, and then all of a sudden, and then, and then I'm like, and because he spent, because he's been so concerned about selling tickets, I've seen a promo to tell me that this bloke's going to win this match I'm watching. Yeah. Because selling your tickets, and I appreciate it's a business, you keep telling me it's about the fan at home. I struggle to think that right now because all you're doing is trying to shove the tickets down the line. I'm watching it at home. I now know if it's going to happen. Yeah, that, it, that was strange, really actually. Yeah, very strange. Anyway, that's a side. I don't want to slag him off too much. But. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, because he might come back on. Um, right, <laughs> next up, Broadway Joe Malcolm and Gustavo Mendoza, who had on a tracksuit top which said nuclear weapons on the back, which was totally bizarre, versus Al Perez, uh, gorgeous Al Perez, and Brett Wayne Sawyer. Watts again talked about Brett Wayne not approving of what his brother does. Um, and Sawyer and the gorgeous Perez won in 325 with a power stamp on Perez, followed by a middle rope splash from Sawyer. Um, a little bit like the power and glory um, move they used to do back in the day, but not exactly the same. Uh, what do you think about this one? Um, yeah, some nice tag team moves from Perez. So Perez is just a great tag team wrestler. Yeah, so, he really is. Um, and, and again, every time, I think we said this before, when they won it, like, when he won the, the tag title, Perez is just so... Well, I like what he means. They, he does... He's, he works with whoever his tag partner is. Like the Rock and Roll Express, like the Midnight Express. You had them, then the tag division sort of seems to sort of dry up, I guess, a little bit. And these guys come in, slick, slick, slick. It, you know, it's just because he's part, because that was, because who was his partner? His partner when he won the title? Wendell Cooley. Cooley, yeah. yeah. And this, and I saw it's just like coming to this role like so smoothly, such a smooth yeah. transition. Um, and, um, the other thing I noticed, I don't know if you know, but um, 1986, yeah, is going to be a big year. And um, wrestling is very unpredictable. People are going to be coming back, new faces, new places. There are only so many more places now. There's a show on Monday, next Monday. Yeah, get your <laughs> tickets. Get your tickets for it. And um, But make sure you keep watching, yeah? Mm. On mute, I suggest. Keep on watching, keep on watching, keep on watching, buy the tickets. Keep on watching, keep on watching, keep on yeah. watching, buy the tickets. Yeah, watch on mute. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope that's him done. But he's like, I hope, I'm hoping that he's gone because there's a lot of talk of 1986 is going to be a great year. All I hope is that he's filling the air where he's in January and then in the last possible way he'll take a step back because it is painful. Mm. 
Yeah, Sorry, what, that's it, no, that's that's all good, and 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 that is it. I had a little sign off from Watts and Watts and Mid South Wrestling for the tenth of January, nineteen sixty is over. Um, and the change for me, the change in location certainly hasn't worn off yet. And I thought this was a pretty enjoyable show. Uh, what are your, apart from the Bill Watts stuff? What's your final thoughts on this week? Oh, as a show itself, the wrestling content. Yeah, good. yeah, I thought this was good, um, and I liked, I liked the. Yeah, I like the matches, even the squash matches had a bit about them. The crowd at this venue, as much as I love the previous venue, the crowd are a lot like it's a lot it's a lot louder. I guess I assume there's more people there. Yeah, I think it's a bit, a bit, it's a bit bigger time, and I, I suspect a bit like yeah. the NXT crowd at Full Sail had seen so much stuff, and I bet at that um, Irish McNeil Boys Club they'd been there like loads and loads and loads of times. How'd you get those people up for seeing wrestling? You know, every couple of weeks for five or six or oh, longer years. Absolutely. So I think I think yeah. this this change was definitely needed. Right? If you thought I was confused about. Uh, the Dick Slater title win and all the other stuff in terms of the local promos. Wait till you hear me try and explain what happens next week on our YouTube Find Show. Anyway, thank you all for listening and we should speak to you all again very, very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts. And for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.